You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast, and tonight we're going to talk about In the Heat of the Night. In the Heat of the Night. You have no trouble. Me, Fifth Element. You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death, praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. We're your hosts. Uh, I am Brian Elkins. With me here tonight, Mr. Jared Callen. How you doing, Brian? I am wonderful, sir. And Mr. Wahid Al-Khalazmi. What up? What up? All right, guys. Here we are. 1967's In the Heat of the Night. Yes. Fuck yes. Thanks for recommending this. Who, rem- who recommended this? Recommend a high, make a high. Uh, this, this was my pick. <laughs> Man! Oh hell yeah! That was a good fucking pick, dude. Thank I want to I want to point out that this movie was picked before uh, any uh, the stuff that's been going on in the nation, and what a poignant fucking movie to uh, yes. to pick that also fits our theme. Yeah. Uh, before we go into the <laughs> racial stuff, I do do want to point out this is kind of like one of the first like buddy cop films or buddy is films it? like ever. Yeah. This kind of started that whole. There were no buddies before 1967. <laughs> <laughs> In 1967, I'm sure we'll somebody brought you Sydney Sydney Poitier for the uh, buddy comedy, the penultimate buddy film. I'm sure there may have been like some Ford film or you know something like that, but this was the the first one that was a you know a big hit. It was a thing. It started kind of a genre. Yeah, and it was an award winning thing too, which is like rare. Yeah, for one... something that starts a genre. Won five Oscars, man. Hell yeah, bro. It's really surprised Damn, I had... Damn, ne- Hollywood's been woke since the 1960s. No, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. Like, I'm, I was really surprised that I'd never seen this movie because... Uh, well, Brian was surprised because I went to film school and I didn't see it. But, uh, it, like, it, it's like... It, it won all these Oscars. It is, like, super groundbreaking. It came out right in the middle of the uh, Civil Rights Act movement. Wow, man. Like, uh, this, this movie was, like... It was shocking. I, I didn't know what I was stepping into when I was watching it. I, I didn't watch a trailer or anything. I just I just went in cold, and uh, I was uh, it was it was kind of uncomfortable for the first you know thirty minutes or so until you kind of realized what was going on. Oh yeah, man, I I totally agree with that. Uh, yeah, yeah, it, it is it is shocking to see like, and you you said woke earlier, Wahid. Like the thing that surprises me the most about this film is like how woke we are now with our characters. Like uh, our characters that are come from minority backgrounds are kind of perfect. Like even Ray in, in the star Wars movies, like that's a big criticism for her character just because she's a female, she's flawless. Right. But our black main character in this film, right? Virgil get, uh, Tibbs. He has a moment where he brings his own prejudice into this movie, and it causes him to sideline his investigation for this crime for a little bit. Right. How yeah. how often do you see, like, the character we're supposed to be rooting for in the moral right that has a flaw? Yes! Never. <laughs> you never see it. That's why this film is fucking awesome, because this film has this fucking, like, human element behind it, man. We're all humans, you know? We all started out black in Africa, 
and doesn't matter if we're white or brown or anything like that, we all fucking come from one place. We're all fucking human. And this film was talking about that, man, and it was great. And it was fun as fuck to watch. And this is a, yes. this is a very well-made film. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. And I love that a lot of it is really not... Okay, so th- there's... De- I don't want to say that there's not, you know, like, abusive dialogue. Uh, because there's definitely, you know, oh, they're, yeah. they're throwing the N-word around and all that kind of stuff. There, was, those are, there are those people. But, but yeah. a lot of it is just done with looks and pauses and, you know, just the, the subtlety of it, the subtlety of, of the racism, oh. the subtlety of, of questioning yeah. everybody. Uh, you know, well, it, not, it's not, super not, powerful. Not, not just that. You know, his character, Tibbs, I mean, he was subtle, too. Like, actually, in one of my notes, I wrote, like, when, when Sam, the officer, came in and was like, hey, what are you doing here, boy? Stand up or whatever. Like, he stayed quiet the whole time, yeah. knowing if he said something— like that was so realistic because like in other that before those kind of films they always had like that negro fairy character you know what i'm talking about it's a term there's a term for it now in cinema where it's oh like, you're talking about the magic negro you're talking about uh, the magic the, negro yeah, there you yeah, go will yeah. Smith. what the fuck are you guys talking about yeah oh, will, uh, will smith from uh, legends of bagger vance it's, uh, it's like oh, a, okay. you know like the white Dude, savior you know yeah. where like the white guy comes in and says everything it's the same thing it's just reversed oh like in that new trump ad yeah <laughs> Yes, it's kind of like that, like, you know, yes. <laughs> but, like, it's so racist. It's the woke side of being racist. Does that make sense? Yeah. You know, it's like, oh, we need a black character, but, like, make him be the one that educates the inner city kids on how to, like, be better and be, like, in the white man's frame of fucking world. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, But this totally. film immediately didn't do that. He stayed quiet the whole fucking time. This officer, Sam, walks up to him and goes... You know, now you, I'm going to keep my gun at you. You're going to hold this thing. You're going to go out and get in my car. You ain't going to make no noise, boy. You hear? And he didn't say shit. In other films, like a year before that, the black man would have said, yes, sir. Or something bullshit like that. That is stereotypical right. to frame your mind of what all black America should be like. And this film didn't do it, man. And it was fucking beautiful to watch that. I'm like, shit, this film came out of the 60s? You're nuts. That's hilarious you bring that up. The book, um, I actually read the, the book that this was based on. It's, it's, an, it's a no- oh, novella. Really? Yeah, you can uh, get it off of uh, uh, Audible. It's only like five, five and a half hours in length. <laughs> but uh, th- that's exactly how the Virgil Tibbs character is in the book. He does not slap a white man in, in the book. He is oh, like, really? yeah, he's very non-confrontational. He just kind of does what he's told. Uh, he'll occasionally like... Say no, that's that's not the correct way of doing things, but it, it's very non-confrontational. And in this movie, like wow. Sidney Poitier, man, he gives some looks, dude, that are like, yeah, dude, he's about ready to he's fucking come at your ass. He's gonna he's rip a your throat badass out. motherfucker. He's when he like, smacks that old dude, <laughs> oh my god, that was awesome. <laughs> and he makes him cry, dude. like, yeah. but that's that you know that's hardcore, man. Like they they did so many little things that I think that they. This may be the first time you ever get to see something like that. Oh, where, yeah, absolutely. You know, like, you know, when, when they're doing the autopsy, he asks, where, where, where can he wash his hands? Like, that's a yeah. big thing. There were, like, segregated was, sinks back then. And there the was day. that look. He didn't even see yeah. it. The white guy yeah, didn't. It's all the guy, told he, in looks. He just looked at him. He goes, pointing to the left with his head, like, over there. But he didn't say shit. Exactly. But it's like, I, I can't do anything. The sheriff told me I fucking better listen to you. That's right, and same thing with the uh, you know smacking the uh, the rich old uh, white dude who owns a fucking cotton field, but yeah. but like but driving in, like the you know the sheriff's always throwing some racist shit at him no matter what, or uh, he's like, uh, I guess you don't have to do shit like that no more, do you? Or so whatever whatever yeah. he said. None know. of that for you, right, Virgil? Oh, none of that for you, right, Virgil? Yeah, man. <laughs> okay, that, there goes a funny that cotton field. That's the only part that was shot in Tennessee. This entire really? movie was shot in Illinois. Yeah. Um, because uh, Sidney Portier refused to go south of the Mason-Dixon line. Wow. But he did say, I'm going to Memphis. Whoa, shout out <laughs> he, Memphis. He did. He did. And, and, and they also talk about how uh, the convict is going to run across the bridge to go to Arkansas. So, so. that means that Sparta, Mississippi is kind of in our area. 
uh, or a little south of here. But here's the deal. I looked up real Sparta, Mississippi, and it's more toward the center uh, north you know, part of the state. Uh, you know, it's a California guy writing the script. <laughs> you know, they don't know geography very well. The reason they it's picked that story. town is because uh, they shot it in, in Sparta, Illinois. And they were just like, well, we'll just change all the signs to get rid of Illinois and put Mississippi. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> No, that works. That's yeah, great. I was I was wondering. I was like, damn, look at all these like signs and everything. Everything looks like it's real, you know, because oh, it is. Dude, that's that's one of the things I love about this movie is just like just watching them drive around town. You really more than any dude, other films I've ever watched. So before, many, so many car shots, and the shots are amazing. Yeah, like like I, I was like I was like, are these are these real? Or are these process shots? They're fucking real, dude. Dude, there's a shot in there. Where the sheriff goes to get the uh, oh, guy on the off bridge. the bridge, yeah, and it just starts. It's it's ecstatic, and dude, I'm like sitting here and I'm watching this film. I'm like, fuck, I'm doing the shot list for my film right now. I'm like, I'm gonna pop <laughs> two of these shots, no but doubt. Dude, that shot stays with the sheriff, and you hear the commotion over the radio, and he's like, I I got him, and then the car starts moving, but the fucking camera's moving with it at the same time while it's sunset. It's all profile. It fucking looks gorgeous, and you're like. Wait, they did this in the '60s. God damn! There's more. Like, it just it, yes. They 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 zoom in. Yeah. They, oh so they, they God, start driving. Yes. The zoom isn't perfect. I'm gonna give them that. And then they had kind of adjust twice before they cut. So I was like, man. But I, I'm I'm kind of giving them. Eh, it's 1967. And that but, was handheld. But yeah. that was not handheld. That was on a rig. I, I'm on pretty, a rig. It's, it, no, 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 no. That's it's it's, rig, it's, it's way too yeah. clean. Yeah, way too do you think so? 100% no, 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 no. I think, I think the, the guy the, was on no, a rig holding the, the, the zoom, camera. The zoom was hand was a hand pull. Yes, but but the uh, but the camera was stationary on a rig to the to the car. Dude, do you yeah, th- do you think they had the money? Hundred hundred percent. They they did not have any money for cranes. There's no, not no, a dude, single dude. crane shot in this. No, movie. it's not it's on not a crane. crane That's shot. not a crane. It, the car the car's on yeah. a trailer. Yeah, you think so? Yes, that's how they do that. Yeah, it's definitely. I know that's how they do it. It's money. But no, it's on a low boy trailer. It's, it's, Dude, they had a yeah, trailer back then. It's definitely on a process trailer. It's <laughs> bro, definitely they had, they had on something, trailer. bro. Yeah. It's definitely on something because the car and the camera were moving in the same field at yeah. the same time. And the camera and, never wiggles. And there's no way on earth you can do that. No, no, I'm not. I'm, right I'm not saying it. that the camera operator is not on a platform that's also attached to the vehicle. I'm not saying that. I'm saying whether it's on a tripod that's on that platform. Oh, it's definitely on a tripod. It's definitely a tripod because it moves with the car, even even in its up and down motions. It it is affixed to the car, sir. <laughs> no, there's no way it can be. It can be affixed to the trailer. It can't be affixed to the car because suction plate mounts and those regs uh, weren't no, affixed but, to cars. No, yet. You, but you, you can you can fix the car to the trailer. Yeah, the car is not pull driving. The, car. the trailer that's is how driving. You do it. Yeah. yeah, 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 totes. And the, totes uh, there's a platform on either side of the car, yeah. and you're pulling yeah. that. Yes. That's why it's called a process trailer, bitches. Because it's a hell of a process to set up. You, exactly. <laughs> it takes forever. <laughs> and you that, see that, process trailer, you're like, there goes okay. three days of my fucking budget. It's right, and the producer instantly knows, oh, this is going to be a process. <laughs> well, yep. You also yep. have to put the lights on start. the uh, trailer, too. So, I mean, yes. like, and then you got to get the power out there, so you got to, you know, have the generator Jenny. going with it. Yep. It's a big deal. And you got to have all those people on it, but you got to put them on safety harness, and you got to have fucking waivers, and you got to have cops stop the street and dude you know what imagine i don't want to think about it i'm doing budgets right now i'm, I'm <laughs> about to cry thinking about it. it if you see that line item i'm just telling you if, if you're a young filmmaker listening to this podcast which i don't know why you would be but thank you for listening when when, when you get to process trailers man there goes half your budget you don't have to go that route for most of your shots no, you don't. <laughs> <laughs> they look better, man. They always look better than green screen. I can just you tell can, green screen. No, no, no. You, you can, can just you use can, car mounts. Yeah, you can, yeah, you can you hire can Jared Callen with Inherent Media, and we got he you, knows bro. how to rig that shit. And they, and they got you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> they can come rig you out. <laughs> no doubt. But, man, this, 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 um, there was one really weird shot. It's at the beginning. And uh, it's it's like looking at the back of a car, and they the do it in an, an in post speed ramp, uh, you know, uh, to to the tail light, which is really weird. You think that was just for timing, or was that for effect? Because it's the only time something like it's that's for done in the whole because movie. Because it's it's right before he finds the dead body. There's also a shot uh, in the front of the car that's like a wide angle, and that's the only time yep. you ever get that shot in the entire film. It's like there's a low angle, like looking at the headlights of the. The yeah, car, like, no, no, the but, no, but he, he, but he comes down and he, he leans into that shot. What the low angle of the headlights? He comes down and he and he he leans into the shot to look at the body. We never go down to the body. No, no, I'm talking about right before you get to that tail light shot. Before that shot, there's a, a shot the of the car front. Stops. 
Uh, there's a, oh, okay. Yeah, and you get that, and then we go to oh, the back. like an extreme low angle. Yeah, yeah, so I think he's trying to be like, you know, because you're getting this very monotonous, like we're setting up the town, and it's very right. it's, it's shot very standard, and then at that moment we get two shots that are visually a, 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 a change. You know, it's, it's a right. huge break. Well, you know, the, they, they do a good job with, with pace and and, and, of all, all, and the editing of all these shots at the beginning. And the first time I watched it, uh, like, you know, when he goes to the bus depot, or the train depot, and there's those really long. There's really wide shots there. They cut super oh, wide, yeah. and he and he's walking, but the shots are so long. And I'm like, damn, cut, cut, cut. But when I watched it the second time, I was like, they're because they don't they don't continue that that pace throughout the movie. Uh, at the beginning, it's actually just setting up. This is a sleepy dead town. You know, it's completely open. It's empty. Like it, it really did set the mood and the tone very well. It feels kind of like, like a it, James it, Bond it, open. It does. Mm-hmm. It does. Hey, yeah. hey, this movie even has a song written for it. I know, right? Title yes. track. Just like James Bond. <laughs> <I> know, <right? laughs> That's awesome. Uh, it's a great song, man. Ray Charles, man. What a badass. We, we need more yeah. movies that have songs written for them. I know, man. That kind of went away like in the, the 60s and 70s. I think Will Smith killed the, the, the movie song. And uh, <laughs> what you think so? <laughs> I don't oh know, my man. god! I yeah. love those, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 they're great. They're great songs. Wiki wild, wiki wild, wild west. Come on, bro. Don't make me serious right now. Yeah, that song totally invigorated the whole movie song genre. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They 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 all need to cut that shit out, bro. Oh like, man! Let real musicians fucking did, do real songs. Hey, Will Smith's a real musician, dude. He uh, is, man. Did did did, know, but still, did he like, um did he do a song for Aladdin? Oh yeah, he did a bunch. He was the song, bro. Oh, I know. I, I'm just saying. I didn't know if he if he wrote like a you know Will Smith song. Oh well, you know they're all the the songs from Aladdin, but I mean they're kind okay. of you know they're kind of hip hop up a little bit, modernized. Nice. You know, I still haven't seen it. It's a lot of CGI, dude. <laughs> so I am not. I am not gonna see. I saw two frames of what Will Smith looks like as a genie, and I'm like, I am not watching this film ever. Why did they make Julian Fry? They keep him okay. blue. It's, it's like a live action. He's like, why is he blue? That makes no I, fucking sense. Because no genies idea. are blue, bro. What? Like, no. what? and also they're 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 turning their cartoons into live action, so it's got to match. It's ridiculous, man. It's got to match what, bro? It's got to match the cartoon. You hire Will Smith and the genie's <laughs> ah. supposed to be a slave. Like, think about what you could, like, just gently say to children about slavery with that a visual, e- easy metaphor. And instead, yeah. they made him blue. Made blue him li- li- blue lives matter, bro. <laughs> well, that means something different. Oh, Why did you turn this fucking podcast below? All right, bro. I'm putting the brakes on. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. Jesus. <laughs> Back to this film like that Joe is totally Pye. not political at all. No, not at all. Not at all. <laughs> Let's talk about the open of this film because the first 15 minutes of this film were tense as fuck yes, and hilarious were. as fuck at the same time. It starts out sleepy ass down, like Brown was saying. Sam is fucking driving around town. He's the fucking dumb duck, 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 deputy, right? Because, like, stereotypical, they're actually stereotyping white, lazy southerners in this. It's no doubt. hilarious. And, um,. And then he stops at like an underage girl who was totally you don't know that at the time, and I think that that's a really great ploy from the um, for the from the filmmakers that you as an audience are seeing a a, ooh like look at the sexy girl like that's kind of nice, and then later on in the movie when you realize she's sixteen, it makes you feel bad, which makes that scene even more powerful. Like that is excellent filmmaking, excellent filmmaking, and excellent framing as well to cover those titties. Um, (laughs) you should you should have known you should have known she was a child because she was drinking a soda pop. (laughs) (laughs) Hey man, man. man. maybe she was on the wagon, huh? Who who the fuck are you to judge, bitch? Well, no, because she's like sober now. Um, at (laughs) sixteen, who knows, bro? We know her age. We start drinking early down here. Yeah. Um, you know, what if she's like, you know, being touche. nice? She's getting her life together. She's working at that gas station. The sheriff or whomever, the uh, the guy, who who is he? What's his name? Gillespie? Oh, Gillespie, yeah. yeah, the sheriff. Yeah. 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 Rod Steiger. Yeah, anyways, he, Rod Steiger. He has a couple of vices. He likes to sip on hot Dr. Pepper, and also mm-hmm. he likes to smack his gum, and I think that that very first scene with him oh where God, he's introduced is a little bit too much. 
Yeah, that, that that was that was one of those things where you go the director that's like his second or third film or whatever it is, and you're like, ooh, he let him get away with too much as an actor because he respected him and right. reel it back in a little bit because that smacking that and you can tell as the film went along, he's like, All it right, went cool. away a little bit. I, I get it, I get that's your habit. That's fucking annoying. Stop it. <laughs> 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 yeah, but like you know, I, I like the pauses in the overt smacking at the beginning. Uh, but and I, th- I think it does set up his character as he's kind of lackadaisical. He's in his job. He's done this for fucking ever. He knows. He knows what's going on. He knows how this fucking sleepy town runs, and he's in fucking charge. Uh, and so it's just kind of you know, eh, whatever. But I and, love his arc. Oh no, he definitely has an arc. I mean, I and I was surprised. I didn't know watching this that he had won an Academy Award for this performance. And when I went back and watched it the second time, I saw it. I was like, wow, yeah, this this dude is acting his ass off. He's really good. I agree with that. I agree with that, too. Yeah, okay, so Sidney Poitier, though, the reason he didn't get nominated, and he didn't win, obviously, because he didn't get nominated, was because he had three fucking films that came out this year, his three most well-known movies, In the Heat of the Night, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, and To Sir With Love. Which made him, I think, the biggest box office star of 1967. Wow. Yeah. After he'd already won his Academy Award in, like, the 50s. He's, you know, because uh, Sidney Poitier is the uh, first African-American to win an Academy Award for Best Actor. What, yeah. what was that for? Uh, Lilies, uh, Lilies in the Field? Lilies of the Field? Lilies, Lilies in the Field. Lilies, yeah, yeah, I've heard of it. I haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, he plays a guy that's coming through town trying to help a, a ner- uh, what's it? It's nuns build a church. That's oh, what wow. it is. We, 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 we got to do a full month on him. Yeah, that He's would be such great. He's a good actor, man. He is so fucking powerful with those fucking eyes of his. Dude, every time any recent shit happens, he just looks around, and the camera's, like, right there, and it gets, like, this profile shot of him, and then it looks almost directly towards the camera, and you're like, this motherfucker can act with his eyes. <laughs> he doesn't have to say shit. Oh, no doubt. I love yeah. his nostrils when he gets really pissed, and he gives the side eye. He flares yeah. his nostrils out, <laughs> man, and he just gives Dude, a glare. Yeah, dude. Fucking that dude is a uh, like world class fucking actor. But the gr- the best thing about Sidney Poitier, though, man, like he he he's a badass. I'm not, I'm not taking that away from the man, but God damn, he's got one of the best smiles, dude. He has got a great <laughs> he like heartwarming smile, smile. You just look at him, you're just like, oh man, like he, dude. At the end of this film made me cry actually, and I I don't want to talk about it right now. I want to talk at the end because it was so beautiful, man. There was a journey between these two men that are misunderstood by both their societies, right? So the sheriff comes from this good old boy, Mississippi, Arkansas. We call in, you know, grown African-American men, boys, and all that stuff. We're saying the N-word. Do you get what I'm saying? But he is different. He's going against the grain, against the mayor, against everyone else, because he even admits himself, he's like, hey, you know, the whole, this coincidence of us finding a black man that we want to try to frame for murder that turns out to be a police officer, he had this conflict. He, he in his head, was like, shit, there's a brotherhood as a cop, and I'm right. about to take advantage of it. And so he calls. He gives him benefit of doubt. He calls his, his his lieutenant. They talk. you know. But, like, if the mayor was there, he would have never allowed him to do that. Do you get what I'm saying? So he right. is different himself. And then you have, you know, Sidney Poitier's character, which is like, completely different himself from all kinds of walks of lives from the black community why are you a cop from the white community why are you a cop for being a black man period that has you know 200 and what is it that they they said that number over and over like 162 dollars and 30 i I did that i did the inflation on that would you like to know what it is yeah what is it yes Okay, so for 1967, $162.39 is $1,246.58 today. That is an increase of 670. Damn, dude. 667.6%. He was making that a week, too. Yeah. Yeah. Which which still ain't nothing. That's massive. Yeah, it's true. But anyways. Yeah, the dichotomy between those two. That's what I was getting to, man. That arch. Loved it. Oh, no, no, man. Loved you're that, totally man. right, dude. Yeah, no, it's... Uh, it, 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 it's. They're both misunderstood characters. Yeah. No. I didn't read it so black and white like that, man. I always... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> can be fun. <laughs> I, always, I just thought it was... I don't know. Like, I like everybody has motivations, like their own personal 
motivations that they kind of fall into doing the right thing sometimes. And you don't know if, like, are you doing the right thing because you're now understanding and you're learning from your mistakes? Or are you doing it just because, like... Situational. Yeah. Like, now you can, yeah. now you can if this investigation goes bad, you can just pin everything. Oh, oh it's Tibbs' yeah. fault. It's the black guy. You know, uh, you guys forced him on me. It's not, it's not my problem. Yeah, yeah but, but that's what makes it human. It, it's, it's the writing said we're going to pick both. Yeah, it's like there are because there are times where the sheriff goes like, well, you know, I'm not a home. I, you know, he tells that to the mayor. He's like, I don't have a homicide background. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't you know, I don't know how to do that. But then at the same time, he's like, oh, well, maybe I can benefit because if it gets solved, I'll look good. But if it doesn't, Officer. then the black guy gets it. Officer. Yeah. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's like it's it's human. That's what makes it really good. Right. Yeah. It's even like the the woman. um the, the woman that the finds out, yeah, the wife that finds out her husband's dead, and when Tibbs oh, goes man. in there and talks to her, like she puts her hands up, and it's like, are, are you putting your hands up out of grief, or are you doing it because you I don't want a black I didn't man understand to touch that. you? Yeah, right? I didn't know. I didn't know if it. Well, I didn't know if it was grief or the black man, but uh, but then he continues to try to console her, and she ends up giving you know lamenting. So I, I think that like uh, I th- I think they were leaning more towards the comforting thing. Mm-hmm. But I, I totally read it as she didn't want a black man to touch her. Yeah. As soon, yeah. As soon, as soon the, as she the, did the that. Fir- the first time I read that as well, but then she's the one that insisted he stays on the case. Yeah, she's like, what so kind of like, people are you? Yeah, Again, though, exactly. because she thinks that nobody else is going to be able to solve this murder in town, right? Because she saw the, yeah. the police chief, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. oh, you're just trying to pin it on whoever you can to wrap this up, up quick. Yeah. Right, so it's so many, it's so much loaded stuff, and even like uh, when Rod Steiger is like, he's in there uh, consoling the wife later, and she, she still doesn't, she don't want to touch him either. She still has. She doesn't like to be no touched. man, bro. This film was woke. I'm telling you, well, it's just so good. No one listens. You know, it's like you watch one scene and then you you watch another scene and you're just like, oh, okay, all right. Dude, I cannot believe this was fucking done in the 60s, dude. This I know. film looks really good. It dude, looks really great. Straight up, I am stealing some of these fucking shots. I am not kidding. This is... I, who, why Why have I waited this long to watch I know. This film? It was crazy. I and I was I a little scared. I was a little scared by the first frame because it's super noisy. And yes. kind of that, and, and we're underexposed. And I was like, oh, here we go. Uh, but it just got better and better and better. Uh, and man, it, it like uh, the shots were, were are thought out. The coverage is great. Like like the movie opens on the face of our fucking killer, bro. Like like you know it, it tells you right off. The first person you see is the killer. Oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> well, oh, well, excuse the fuck out of me, Hitchcock. But like you know, like <laughs> you know, just like throwing it out there. And and like in bringing up Hitchcock, our killer kind of got a, a Norman Bates right? feel. That's too. the yes. first thing my wife said. Which she thought, she's like, yeah, oh, that, like guy's, that guy must be the killer because he looks like Norman that guy's Bates. The killer. I was like, oh, damn. <laughs> dude, he really does. Have you, have he, you seen he's this playing that. Yeah, it's really weird. But it's it's cool. It's cool how they put it right out there. Weird fucking dude. <laughs> there you go. That's the guy we're looking for well, the yeah, entire time. I mean, That's just good try- filmmaking, he, he man. Was, he was trying to sell the officer some pussy earlier. He's like, oh, you remember it's that? It's weird how he like, keeps hiding the pies from exactly. the police officer. Oh, I love that, man. <laughs> like, what, are you, what are you doing to the pies, bro? Yeah. Like, well, uh, he, <laughs> what happens when there's no customers? What do you do with those things? And he keeps, uh, he keeps calling him Sam, and he's like, no, I want to be called Officer Wood. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, yeah, he, he likes messing with that cop for some reason. He's fucking crazy, man. He kills people. Well, you, you know, you kind of think he's he's all right, just a little weird. Um, yeah. Until Virgil comes in there, and when they have that scene later, and he's like, "I'm not serving your kind, not serving him." Yes. And it's like, oh yeah, man, yeah. you're a dick too, bro. Like, fuck. They all are. <laughs> yeah. Kind of. This whole damn town's full of them, and I plan on judging them all by dawn. <laughs> Oh, what? 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 <laughs> That's if this movie was made in 2020. Oh man, he, 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 he's been he's been watching some westerns. He watched, you know, the, the Quick in the Sand or the Sand, whatever that Sharon Stone film is with Leonardo DiCaprio oh, in it. Man. That's what he's been watching. The Sharon Stone movie with Leonardo DiCaprio. Fuck yeah, it's called like Quick in the Sand. Oh, uh, Quick in the Dead. Right? Yeah, yeah, same. The Raby. Quick in the, the Dead. dead. 1995, bro. Come on. Woo! Russell Crowe. That, that, okay. That's a good year for us. Sharon we do Stone a lot of movies from 95. As hell, man. Oh, my God. We need to do a Sharon Stone month, too, please. Speaking of years, uh, d- did we say what the other films were that uh, that came out they this came year? Out. Man, this is, this is in some good company, bro. Uh, this one, Best Picture, over Bonnie and Clyde, Guess wow. Who's Coming yeah. to Dinner, Dr. Doolittle, and the most impressive one, the one that won Best Picture, uh, not Best Picture, but won Best Director, The Graduate. Wow. No way. Yeah, right? 
stacked year, man. Wow. This looks way better than The Graduate. It does. Yeah. Yeah, I I think so. You're talking about lighting? I I like... uh, yeah, I like the graduates' use of their aspect ratio better. Yeah, mm-hmm. I like their cutting uh, and shot selection better. In the graduate, in, in the graduate, yeah, I like that. Yeah, better. yeah, yeah. The compositions maybe are stronger. Yeah, oh, yeah. dude, that leg shot. Oh, come on, yeah. iconic. Yeah, man. Or even just the titty flash. Like, I love that cut, man. When he's like, hey, man, you just we see call that side boob. <laughs> <laughs> no, man, it's like Glorious a straight up shot boob. of her boobs for like a couple frames. It still is called stop objectifying. We still call it side boob now. Oh man, it's like a side. No matter hug. what, side hug. <laughs> my that life Christian is nothing but a side hug, hug bro. <laughs> side hug. Give me that Christian side hug. Ain't no front hugging. That's right. That's too dangerous, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. Uh, are we at break here, guys? I think we are. We we we, we <laughs> we've gone off the tracks. All right, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna watch the trailer for In the Heat of the Night, and we'll be back. On your feet, boy. I mean now. Got a name, boy? Virgil Tips. Virgil. Where you come from? There ain't no trains this time of I could have had you shot. Skulls caved in, man. Could have been a hitchhiker. Okay, I got him. Where's my husband? I thought I told you to get the hell out of here. You aren't taking me anywhere. You dig? You go get yourself killed. I'm a police officer. Look, they pay you $162.39 a week just to look at bodies. Why can't you look at this one? Why can't you look at it for yourself? I do not want that Negro officer taken off this case. I need a few things. Such as ammonium hydrosulfide, benzidine, superoxide of hydrogen, copper powder, distilled water, calibers and some toothpicks. Why won't anybody here tell me what's happened to it? Are you sure you're pregnant? Yes, I am pregnant. I can pull that fat cat down. I'm afraid you're a little late, Virgil. We already got the guilty man. May I examine this person? Yeah, you can look at him. Come on, let him look. He's left-handed, isn't he? What's that make him? Innocent. I got the motive which is money and the body which is dead. You're holding the wrong man. But don't you push me, boy. They call me Mr. Tibbs. What kind of people are you? was the trailer for In the Heat of the Night, the trailer that yep. shows you the entire fucking film. <laughs> yes. It does give it. you a little bit of that cool song at the end, though. And you get that annoying uh, chick who says she's pregnant in her she angry face. She was the only annoying thing in this whole fucking film, man. See, I thought she was annoying the first time I uh, ever saw this movie, when she's telling her story where she's accusing Sam of seducing her in the graveyard. I was like, yeah. Eh. But, you know... Looking back on it now, she's lying. So she's playing it up like I, she's lying. Exactly. I'm, yeah, it I, works I, I, in I, retrospect. I felt that. I felt that as well. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. he did she's not still convinced. annoying. <laughs> she, she, she's a really weak choice in this film with all these good actors. She was not a good choice. I don't. I don't know how they picked her, but you know, it is what it is. Still a good film. <laughs> There's a lot of shit I saw in this trailer. I want to talk about like. The buddy action comedy slash racist dichotomy between those two characters, the car chases, the fucking evil racist motherfuckers in that town with their Confederate flags. 
all that shit. It's fucking awesome. I want to talk about all of it. How do we start? Well, man, when, <laughs> when they're having their town meeting, uh, they straight up. I don't even know who the guy is. Uh, one of them's the mayor, uh, and there's some guy talking. I, I guess he's uh, somebody important. You never see him again after that one. Yeah, it's he's just, it's, it's that one scene. He's like Sydney Portier. Let me tell you what. If, that, if Virgil Tibbs stays here, he's gonna be dead by the weekend. Yep. It's like, uh, that's a little that's a little extreme. Just because he's black. Like, yep, you either get him out or he's going to be dead. Are we going to guarantee his safety? <laughs> he's black and he's trying to save our town, damn it. <laughs> get him out of here. Oh, man, I, there's so many good God. moments, man. I, lo- I love that autopsy scene, too. Like, that's that's a great moment where, like, he's just running his hands all over a white dead person. And it, yeah. it's just the shock black of him. Black hands yeah. on a white body. Right? And he's he's just yeah. doing his job. And he's, he's so concerned with that. But everybody else in that room, we're just... Watching them watch him. Yeah, and they're they're all disgusted. And, and how weird is it that nobody in this fucking movie uses gloves? And if they see a dead body, they come up and stick their finger in the blood. Hey or... man, sixties, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like a piece of evidence, you just pick it up. Like, oh, there's a wallet there. Like, hey, hey, hey man. Not, most of all that stuff got implemented after the AIDS pandemic. Oh, really? That was in the eighties. Wow. So they wouldn't yeah. even do fingerprinting and stuff this this far back. They didn't do any fingerprinting in this film. They definitely didn't. No, wow. Uh, yeah, like you said, they, there's no, there's no gloves. They don't even do like chalk <laughs> outlines. They're like, eh, fuck yeah, it. yeah, fuck it. Small <laughs> <laughs> town, fuck it. He's the richest guy here. Go find his wife. See if she's the one that killed him first. Go to the go bus depot. See person. if there's somebody yeah. there. You know, like yeah, you know, yeah. somebody. Just if grab you whatever any, you see, yeah, bro. Just... Round up the usual suspects. (laughs) (laughs) But, you know, one thing that I loved about this is it's this black man that is very successful up north, but also it's in Pennsylvania. So, in a way, you know, he's dealt with a shit ton of racism. He's on a fucking train to come in a connecting town to go Memphis to go see his family and all that stuff. Gets roped into this whole fucking thing. But you know what? His principles don't get unwavered, even with all the racist shit that's being thrown at him and all that stuff. Like, he could have easily been, like, when they when they were like, ah, we don't need you anymore, boy. We found the white guy that stole the wallet. He could have been like, all right, cool, bye. He was invested then, though. You know? he was, that's he, what he does yes, do. But I, I love that. Huh? He, he's constantly trying to get away the entire film, and it's not until no, no, no. the sheriff is... calls him out and says, like, there's a great line where Rod Steger's like, look, the only reason, you know, you should stay, I, and, and I know deep down inside, is because you want to prove that you're smarter than the all these guy. other white guys out here. No, 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 and absolutely, but even up till that point, even though he was reluctant and he was trying to get the fuck out, he still somehow subconsciously got back into the situation, like, by getting thrown in the fucking jail cell with the dude so he can see if he's right-handed or left-handed to confirm to himself. Because, you know, that scene where where he told him that when he told him that it's like, you know, you want to be you want to prove yourself smarter than all the white men in this town. That was like 10 minutes after. Yeah, it was way after that. Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. It's like what's great about it is like this person loves their craft so much that they were willing to sit all through all the bullshit, you know, and like see fucking racism and experience it just because they wanted to make the best they can out of their profession because that's their profession is to help people. Right. And then it just happened to be a black guy that was, you know, Sidney Poitier. I mean, just like, it's 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 amazing, man. I love it. Uh, yeah, I mean, there's just, I don't know. There's so many good, like, moments of, like, racial tension. Like, even characters walking through the door. Yeah. There's, uh, they, they do this great thing in this movie where they keep showing these, these wide shots of characters going in and out of the sheriff's office. And... Every single time, uh, there's always the white officer bringing him in, and he he opens the door and he goes in first. And it's when he finally gets the phone call, right from his police of chief, to prove that he's actually a cop because they pick him up because they he's a black man and they think he committed the crime. And he's like, well, actually, I'm a cop. So he's anyway. And when he goes into that office, he walks first, and there's like you can see him as he shuts the door. You see the that the. the what is his name? Uh, Sam Woods. He's sitting there. He's like, oh, wait, what? what's going on here? You just walked in front of me. It's just tension in everything, man. Like walking through a fucking door. That is brilliant. Yeah, dude, the director is really fucking good. Yeah. 
Norman Jewison is a is a badass. Uh, you know, I, I've I've said a million times in this podcast how much I love Moonstruck and oh, great director. He is, he is. Um, also, I was looking I up what tell else you did. As, as as part of a, uh, him being an awesome director is all the secondary fucking cast outside of that one girl that claims rape and all that stuff against Sam Wood. Like, dude, every cast member in this film is good. Every, like, acting-wise. They're all, like, even the one-liners, man. Those fucking actors are really good. And it was believable. It was so fucking believable. Like, I believed every situation, every character has been thrown in into this film, no matter how outrageous it was. But at the same time, it had a lot of fucking entertainment and fun value, man. There is a lot of fucking funny one-liners in this thing. There's a lot of inappropriate funny one-liners in this thing. It's fucking <laughs> no hilarious. Doubt. Well, yeah, and sometimes their confrontation is funny. Like how, like I like that moment when they're having the heart-to-heart and uh, Rod Steger's talking about uh, how lonely he is. Yeah. And he's just, you know, and, he, and he's trying to identify. Just as lonely as you. Yeah, right? <laughs> That's what Tib says to him. And he's just like, no, yeah. wait a minute. I don't need that. <laughs> I don't need your sympathy. No, sir, not here. I, I don't know. It's oh, so good. It is good, man. This is a very well thought out film too, man. Like um, whoever shot this, like cinematography is fucking brilliant in this. It really There's is. There's all these fucking sodium vapors and like fucking red light hitting them while they're driving at night and shit. And like especially that opening sequence, it's almost like all in semi one shots. Fuck yeah, dude, that was great. In the commentary, you forget that. Well, I, I guess you don't forget, but the movie's made in the '60s. So the director's talking about, he's like, yeah, you know, we're doing that big uh, zoom shot across the bridge. You know, he's like, hey, you know what? What if we timed that zoom out to the music? Yeah. And the DP just looks at me and he's like, man, that's far out. Yeah, man. Let's really? do it. <laughs> I, just, I just looked him up. He, he's the same guy who shot uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Wolf?" and One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay. Yeah. That's awesome, man. He did a lot of Husker or West yeah, 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 Mr. Wexler. Hey, uh, you know, is he still alive? Uh, he died in 2015 at the age oh. of 93. Wow, okay. He, well, he did very well. Man, Every almost not everybody, but a lot of people that worked on this movie are still kicking. Like, Sidney Portier, man, is in his 90s, and it's been a while since I've seen him. I haven't seen him since 2016, but, man, he was he was kicking it then. Damn, Jared is in like a deep dive. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I did. I, I, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm diving too much into, Has- into Haskell Wexler. I'm gonna have to write down some of his movies because uh, he, uh, he shot 85 movies. So there's, there's a lot of shit in there to, to look at. Well, he got started in TV, right? Because really? I, uh, I think he did. Like him and because uh, I know, or maybe I'm just confused, confusing him with the director. Yeah, the Eddie and Arnold show TV series. Yep. Norman Jewison, uh, he actually got started uh, shooting live TV. Which explains why there's a lot of zooms like in news? this movie. Uh, no, like live program shows, like special. Uh, he did some Judy Garland live thing, oh, like like like, ver- like variety show type stuff. Yeah, he, he was like he, yeah, so he he was like a TV director. Exactly. Okay, it's not really a director. Um. <laughs> hey, you know, it, it, hey, it's, it's true Because if it's a live event All you're going is like Alright, stand by camera one And yeah. one, two, sell me your shot really quick okay, yeah. Zoom in a little bit more And go to three, stand by one And we're coming back to you hey, Alright, I'm back to three you don't, you don't even do that anymore Because the switcher just calls the shit now Really? TDs are calling the, calling the shots? Dude, yes Wow Because, you know it's an extra person. Shit. Yeah. 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 Wow. It's fucking weird, bro. I can do your job. Yep. You know, just fucking send out a college kid with an A7S and follow it. And the editor on this film is uh, Hal Ashby. The fucking director of, um, of, of of Harold and Maude? Well, I was going to say being there, but yes. Uh, yeah. Harold and Maude as well. Yeah, being there. Harold, Harold I, and Maude? I like Peter Sellers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you do. Uh, I got a soft spot. <laughs> What are you gonna do? Uh, uh, but yeah, he did. I think that was probably his, yeah, his his most more famous movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Damn. Be- being there, that's that's the one with the gardener, right? Yeah, Shirley. Yeah, McClane. yeah. That's a great movie. That is good. Damn man, I guess this this film was very fruitful to all the fucking crew that worked on it. Yeah, no doubt. S- cinematographer and uh, editors, they got uh, Oscars, and so did sound. Yeah, the sound on this is fucking good. Yeah, I really like the. Uh, Footsteps when they go inside that big warehouse when all the like rednecks with the Confederate oh, flags <laughs> yeah. and they're like 
got the baseball bats and the and the chains chain. and all the the shovel and everything. You could just hear those footsteps like echo in that big room. That's a good a dramatic effect. Yeah, Gillespie like saunters in, leans against the wall, watches for a minute. You know, mm-hmm. he's like, "All right, all right, break it up." What's, what's the deal with Sma- these? Smacking his fucking gum. Yeah, he's just smacking his gum. Can you, you know, dig? and he, you know, can can you dig? Yeah, but like, uh, you know, nowadays a cop instantly they pull the gun. He walks into that scene. He's got his hands in his own back pockets. And Dude. he's like sauntering over to him, you know, yes, and he's like, he knew everyone in town. He's like, that's Jimmy's kid. Jimmy, I'm about to whoop your ass, bitch. Go home. No, that's actually also in my notes. I'm like, holy shit. The whole town is like shut down at night. That's before like the 24 7 bullshit, right? And oh, all yeah. That stuff. That's like when like. They roll, up the, they roll up the fucking sidewalks at night. Yeah, exactly. It's like people still had family and community. Like, man, it's dinner time because even if we don't get home, like, ain't nobody gonna be open. I'm better if we can fucking get home to like eat dinner and hang out with the family and shit. And now you don't get that anymore because like everything's twenty four seven. And I was thinking about it. And I was like, holy shit, the dude is talking about like coming to Memphis. I was like, dude, I wonder what was Memphis like 30, 40 years ago before the first twenty four seven was here. It'll have looked like that town. Oh, I've yeah. been at home, half-naked, drinking Coca-Cola, cars, <laughs> you know, open windows. Now you guys know what I do on a Saturday night. She keeps her lights on at night, and that just ain't right. Like, damn, <laughs> you can't turn your lights on at night? That's a siren right there. <laughs> I know, it's so misogynistic, but it's hilarious. She was wearing that push-up bra, guys. No, she was kind of... Oh, wait, wait. No, she was kind of naked the first time. Oh, before. she was totally naked the first time, but oh, when she okay. shows up in that office, you know, she's all done up. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I don't know, man. That girl's performance turned me off so much. <laughs> oh, my God. You gotta look good when you go see the sheriff, oh man. Oh, my God, man. That that girl's performance, it was just like, oh, my Is she having an exorcism? Is she I like this, man. Like, what is happening with this girl? Like, why the <laughs> fuck is she acting this way? Who taught her how to act? It, it's hey, like she was on drugs or something. Like the way, like the way she was delivering her lines. Yeah. Like her, her delivery was a little off. It's like yeah. it's like it's like almost a like. Oh well, you know, there's kind of like the Manson family, you know, and like uh, maybe we like try to make them like that, and then like you know, gave her two weird fucking direction lines. I, I thought like, it was great. When you know she's lying and you go back and you see those smiles in there, like the first time you read them, it does kind of seem like bad acting. Um, somebody that's kind of trying to to tell a awkward, sexy story for the first time. But you go back and watch it again. It's like, no, it's it's like a little child lying to their parents and smiling in front of their faces like, you guys don't know it. I don't know. I kind of like it. I, I got to watch it again then, I guess. Oh, I would highly recommend watching this movie more than once. I agree. I, th- I think you get way more out of it the second time. What, 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 what did you get more out of it the second time, Jared? I don't know. I think I just appreciated the film a little better. Like, like the, it, first, the, it, first, the first, the first, because well, I was able to actually watch it the first time. Like I said at the, at the beginning, I was just like, whoa! Like it, it was kind of shocking, you know. And going back the second time, you already know everything, so now you can really, really like soak it up. I think you know, but that's I think that's true with every movie. Really, I totally agree with that. Yeah. yeah. Do, you, do you have like a favorite scene, favorite part, dude? How about the car chase scene between him and the rednecks? You know, th- that's exactly where my brain went to. Qu- uh, the fir- uh, you know, as soon as you said that, but um, which was really cool. Uh, you know, I-, I love all those shots of of, of the cars and, and and yeah, that that's it. Kind of set sets up the formula for for these type of movies. You know, from then on. You got to have all the shit, and then there's got to be the car chase in there, and like you know the the shootout, and then you know oh, the little brawl point. scene. Think about that. You know, like like there's all these like you know beats that they hit that that are in everything. Oh, dude! But uh, Rush Rush Hour totally stole this format, 100. percent Oh, no doubt, no doubt. Oh, and and Beverly Hills Cop, like like is this no movie. shit right? <laughs> You're dead like big time. That. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean they 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 just looked at you know Beverly Hills Cop is the updated version of this uh, with, with some comedy in it. And I love that movie. Another great smile, man. Fucking love Eddie Murphy's smile, dude. And that laugh. <laughs> <laughs> Jared, damn, that is spot on, bro. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious, man. Ooh, do that too well. Ugh. Did you guys, uh, by any chance, uh, this is streaming on Amazon Prime, but did you guys watch um, the sequels? 
No, no. I didn't even know there were sequels. There are two sequels. Uh, the first one's called... Um, Same cast? No. Only Sidney uh, Poitier's uh, back. Oh, so it, j- it just follows his character. Yeah. Um, okay, that's cool. And he's not, for some reason he's not in Pennsylvania. He's in California. Uh, he's in San Francisco. Fighting racism? No. Uh, he's investigating... Uh, in the first sequel, they call me Mr. Tibbs is the name of it, which is... <laughs> You know the line from the famous line from this movie. Uh, he's investigating a, a dead prostitute, and it's got Martin Landau who plays like a political senator who he's friends with. Um, the interesting thing about the sequel is it's kind of it kind of sets up what Dirty Harry was going to be, which came out the following year after that. Like they call me Mister Tibbs that. was it came out in 1970, right? And Dirty Harry came out in 1971. Well, all right, so you have this cop, okay, in San Francisco. It's a detective story. I mean, it's just, it's got so much of the character and the flavor from those movies. It's, oh, yeah. It, it, yeah I've, it's I've insane. It's formally ripped off so many times. No, the story is very different, obviously. But just the feel and the look of the movie, ah, man, I, I was just surprised how similar they were. Did those movies do well? No, they did not. Interesting. Uh, well, Sidney Portier, uh, his career kind of went downhill after this. Um, and he directed some movies uh, after this as well, and he did all those Bill Cosby comedies in the, like the late seventies. Hmm. But it, his career kind of kind of dipped, and you know that's when black exploitation cinema kind of took off because like Shaft came out uh, in seventy one. You know that's just a different representation of African Americans, you know, on screen. Like if you look at Virgil Tibbs, you know, he's a character that. He's standing up for himself, but he's still doing right. And most black exploitation films, like, you know, when we were doing um, Jackie Brown, like, think about coffee. You know, right. a lot of vigilante justice going out of yep. the system saying, I'm fed up with this shit. And there's a really interesting interview with this professor on the Criterion Collection from the University of Memphis. And he's kind of, he kind of explains it in, well, it, it breaks down in a metaphor of like Sidney Portier is kind of the Martha Luton King aspect in in a black actor in film and the black exploitation took on more of a a malcolm x style of of dealing with racial problems and racial tensions in society that makes sense you know the interesting uh, note is that uh, martin luther king was killed in uh around the same time as the oscars this year and uh they they said that uh like city portier and other people uh said they weren't going to attend the oscars they were going to go to martin luther king's funeral so they had to move had to move the Oscars a couple days back. Isn't that insane? And this is the hey, movie man. that won? Yeah. Oh, and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. That is, that's amazing. Uh, but, you know, hey, man, a big thing happens. You know, sometimes things got to get moved around. I mean, that's, that's important, like, historical context, though, because when you watch that film, you know, and, and just knowing <laughs> when it came out and what yeah, was it, happening it, it, in reality, you know, in, in society. Yeah, that's huge. It's, it's like, wow, it's it's it's... It's it's releasing a movie and it did well at the box office, right? Did it? Oh yeah, no, it's a killer, man. Uh, on a budget of two million, it made twenty four million. Yeah, Damn. so I mean, like, how how amazing is that to release something to that you know is so poignant to the time and and it actually be out you know and 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 do really well and then even like you know win Oscars and and all that. It's it's, it's pretty amazing. Yeah, they didn't want to give them a, a very big budget because they thought nobody nobody in the South would see this film. So they were thought they were going to lose about half their audience. Yeah, I was going to say they're not. They they weren't too far off. <laughs> Do you guys have a problem with any of the de- depictions of Southerners or any race class or just yeah, bro. depictions we, we, of people in the South? We, we ain't all that dumb. Yeah, and also uh, Gillespie's accent isn't accurate, but you know, listen to us. This is this is this is the proper accent for <laughs> down here. That's true, right there. He had, he had, there were some Cajunisms. It sounded like he, like he had some Cajun accent and stuff going on in his, especially early in the film, in some of his his pronunciations, um, which I thought was kind of weird. Well, he wasn't from uh, that town, right? Because he he just got that job. Gillespie? Yeah, he he was a uh, recently hired there. Oh, okay, I didn't know that. Yeah, well, remember, thought, there's a know. line where like uh, the guy's like uh, the mayor asking him at one point after he slaps the white guy, he's like, "Oh man, what made you change your mind about uh, Virgil Tibbs?" And he's like, "What made you think I did?" He's like, well, the last sheriff would have shot shot him if he had. Oh yeah, yeah. Slapped right. the white guy in front of him. It's like you didn't do that. 
Because we're changing things around here, boy. <laughs> Man, they say that a lot. They, uh, yeah, I get a little tired of hearing that. Well, he even called uh, even called one of the white dudes boy uh, there at, at one point too. Just, yeah, when he made like a mistake. Yeah. Well, so that I'm, I'm I'm sure that was very uh, you know planned. That's a that's him, you know. You're lo- yeah, yeah, totally. Like you know, you're 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 lower. You know, it's a good der- it's a good derogatory thing to throw around. What do you guys think about the uh, the actual murder mystery plot part of the film? I know it's not the dude, focus. God damn, how many genres does this film have? I keep forgetting, dude. It keeps <laughs> every time I bring something, I'm like, oh shit, that did happen in this. There is there is a big murder mystery element into this thing because you're like thinking it's the wife, then you go like maybe it's the mayor, then you're like maybe it is the chief, then you're like maybe it's Sam. Well, I don't know, just too many people. But no, it beyond all of this other controversial shit, it was all about an abortion. Like let's just put some icing on this cake and like let's bring up another fucking hot button topic that's still going on today. And talk about fucking abortion. That you can go down to the local fucking barbershop for a hundred bucks and get an abortion. Oh, holy shit. For Mama, what was her name? I forget what her name was. Just Mama. Mama something. Yeah. I love that close up there with that the light bulb of Sidney Portier. Oh, oh, oh yeah. When he's talking to her Sexy. at the very end of the movie. How did the rich guy play into the murder? So if it was the goofy dude at the fucking thing who got the girl pregnant, how did that like uh plant soil stuff end up on the foot pedal of the car that was used to transport the body. Because when he was out there, and he, it, it's, it's that section when he's out in the field, and he's holding that stake up in the ground, and he talks about, yeah. like, oh, there was a piece of pine. A piece of pine they used to bludgeon him. There's yeah. that fern stuff. That's what's on the ground there. Oh, it's on the ground there. So it, it didn't necessarily come from that dude's um, greenhouse where he's growing orchids and shit no that guy actually had nothing to do with the murder okay all All right yeah Yeah. i was trying to figure out that tie to that you know i was like all right yeah no yeah he even used in that scene bonafide extra bro (laughs) right yeah virgil tibbs even like uh he was he's telling me that scene he's like oh you know he's like you know you were right he's like i was you know blinded a little bit by my own prejudice and he's like you're right you're right i didn't see this in front of me he's like oops yeah there's that weird music cue right there on, on his face when he's like oh you like us, aren't you, boy? Or whatever the fuck he says. There's a lot of issues and wrong with the fucking music in this film. What? You know, what? what? You get, guys, there's some great music this in music, this. There's man. some brilliant stuff, but there's Quincy some Quincy Jones really knocks bad this shit ones, out the park, man. Dude, there's some, there, there's some gaps in there. You're like, ooh, what the fuck was that? It's all good. <laughs> I love that jazzy, like, just that, oh, I don't know, that beat when they're, like, doing the chases oh. and stuff. It just gives it a cool yeah. southern, like, style. Yeah, it's excellent. Yeah. I super love the music. It sets the tone, and it, and it feels like it's of its time. This doesn't really have too much to do with uh, In the Heat of the Night, but Norman Jewison, uh, who, who's a badass. This isn't the only like African-American story like he's told. He also did uh, A Soldier's Story, which was also nominated for Best Picture. If you haven't seen that, I recommend that. Um, it's got Denzel Washington in a supporting role. Anyway, uh, because he'd worked with Denzel Washington before, Denzel Washington played Malcolm X on screen. And when they were going to make the Malcolm X movie, Denzel Washington was going to star, Norman Jewison was going to direct, and Spike wow. Lee went and talked to Norman Jewison and the producers, and he was like, look, I I think this is a really important story to the black community, and I think a, a black director needs to make this. And, man, Norman Jewison's like, oh, bro, look, I get it. I'm out. You take it. It's yours. Damn. Wow. What movie was that? Uh, that was Malcolm X. Malcolm X, all right, Nine, yeah, Nick uh, ninety two or something like that, which fucking was shot by Ernest Dickerson, who went on to do like a he, he's it was a great cinematographer, but he's now a director. He did a bunch of Walking Dead episodes, and he did, he directed Tales in the Hood or Tales from the Hood. I am Malcolm X. It's powerful in that movie. It is. It is. We didn't land on Plymouth Rock. Plymouth Rock landed Plymouth on Rock us. Landed on us. Yes. <laughs> Get your hand out of my pocket. <laughs> man, I love some of the crane shots in that movie, bro. Fuck. Dude, yeah, man. Yes. Oh, dude, those are sexy as shit. Fuck yes. So the only other thing I had in my notes was I actually looked up the, the what post-mortem lividity means. Well, what does it mean? Do you know what I'm talking about? When he, yeah. when he's like when he goes in and he's like show he, he's basically showing his dick around the room. He's like he's like oh so how, when did this when did this body die? 
He's like, I don't know, like like an hour, maybe sooner. And he's like, uh, when did Rick I, I think you could it? tell. You, you, you could tell by, you know, uh, has Rigger said him? And you could also tell by the postmortem, uh, the vividity that, you know, this has happened. So that's basically when uh, when you die, uh, all the blood, like, no matter, depending on which way you're laying. Oh, it, it, it pulls. Kinda, it kind of, it, it, yeah, it pulls. It, it floats down. And then, and then, so when he pulls his socks off, and you see, it looked like bruises on his ankles. Yeah. That was the blood that has settled down into Spotty. his feet. Yeah. Damn. Oh, motherfuckers yeah, actually did yeah. the research. Dude. The, yeah, the, that's the, cool, the man. The makeup on this film, yeah. too, man. On that cadaver, the makeup on that was good. Yeah, man. Yeah. So that that, that was kind of neat. Oh, that's cool. Usually I'm too stupid. You know, filmmakers can just fool me. But uh, that's all. <laughs> I, I like it when they do their homework. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ratings here, guys. I think we are, Brian. We're losing steam. <laughs> <laughs> all right, guys. Let's do it. Who's going first? I'm going to give this movie a... Oh, man, I don't know. I don't want to go first. Okay, I'll go first. I'm yeah, you go this... first. I'm going to give this a nine, because this is a really good fucking movie, especially for the fucking time it was done in, not just socially and the message and the script, but, dude, direction, acting, production design. This is a fucking film this is not a movie a movie is what like amateurs like me do this is a film it's <laughs> so good dude the fucking goddamn interaction between the main characters dude it is awesome it's believable they all have arcs the very fucking dude the moment when he is getting on the fucking train, he is finally about to leave this fucking shit town. <laughs> and the man is carrying his luggage out the for man, him. Exactly. And they <laughs> turn and they're like, bro, we are going to be buddies. And they both laugh. It makes you fucking have a good hope for the future. It's not a propaganda thing. It felt good. It felt real. The black people in this film were actually lit. For black people <laughs> in the film world in the sixties, shit, that is unheard of. I thought the color this was film great in this, looks yeah. like a fucking diamond. I love it. It's a nine for me. The only reason I'm taking a full point off is because of that one crazy fucking actress. She annoyed the fuck out of me. Bad choice in casting. But outside of that, fucking fantastic. I agree with everything you just said. I'm also gonna give this movie a nine. And I don't really know how I can add to what you said because everything you said is exactly dead on, except for that if you haven't seen this movie, I think this is something that is very poignant and it needs to be seen. I can't believe that I, I've made it to 36 years old and I've never seen this movie. It's pretty insane. I think this is, uh, this is one of the movies that, that everybody should see. This, this is definitely on the top. I agree. Here, here. Yeah, I'm going 10, guys. Um, I don't think there's anything wrong with this film. This film's fucking perfect to me. Uh, you, you know, like... I understand, like, some people's criticism of, like, the the mystery plot not, you know, connecting all the dots. Maybe, like, the whodunit is not played up enough, but that's not the focus of the movie. That's just why all these characters are in this situation. Okay? Um, it does get resolved, and I do think it's satisfactory. And, um, yeah, I, ju I just can't – I just can't think of anything you would do better, man. Like, even watching this film, like – I really like the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. I think that's a brilliant film. I hold it in high regard, man. I think I think it's a masterpiece on its its own. But man, there's a there's a scene when the, there's a photographer in the, in the heat of the night where they're taking pictures, right? And they do these flash cuts with a bulb yeah. going off, and we're yeah. just getting these close ups of the dead body. And it's like, holy shit, that's that's Texas Chainsaw Massacre. That's Raging Bull. Yep. This is 1967. You you guys were doing that then. And you were doing it this well? That's fucking impressive. Yeah, it is. Uh, all the filmmaking is impressive. And the, the storytelling, all the acting is great. Just the camera work and, like, ah, the cutting. Like, things live so much. And, and like, actors are allowed to do things. And, it, oh, man, it's just so good. Please see this film. And, you know, like you guys were saying, it, it is something you need to watch now. Yes. Before the message is lost on you. Because, you know, you're like, fuck it, it's girls' night. <laughs> fuck social justice. Garrett needs a goddamn drag. <laughs> and it's streaming on Amazon Prime. You got no reason not to watch it, right? Yeah, it's yeah, man. free. Yeah. It's there. We know you well, got an Amazon Prime. if you're white and you have 99 bucks a year, it's free, yes. That's right. <laughs> and if uh, you can sign up for the uh, free trial for Brown you, Sugar uh, and watch the sequels. Brown. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm Brown Sugar, so good. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then, uh, you know, the TV show. 
for In the Heat of the Night because they also made a, a TV series that's also streaming on uh, Prime as well. All like seven or eight seasons of that motherfucking thing. Wow. Damn. Give them some money. <laughs> All right, guys. And on that note, you've been listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do so by sending us an email to themoviecrew at gmail.com. That's the Movie Crew. Crew spelled C-R-E-W-E at gmail.com. You guys can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram at Movie Crew Pod. Guys, give us a rating, review, wherever you listen to the podcast. You can do it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you name it. We're there. Jared, where can the audience follow you, man? Brian, they can find me on Instagram at CheckTheGate, on Twitter at Jared B. Callen, and on iTunes with my other fine podcast, Torror Stories. And Wahid, where can they follow you, good man? Uh, you can just find me everywhere on WA Films. All right. Guys, we're going to be closing out. Shit. We'll be closing out this shit. <laughs> <laughs> we COVID closing this shit with some COVID shit. <laughs> we going to close this shit down like COVID, yo. <laughs> I'm just going to leave this in. Uh, so we're going to close out the show with a little bit. Of the soundtrack. Uh, we're going to be playing, of course, the title track and from In the Heat of the Night. Titled In Heat of the Night by Ray Charles. Fuck yes. Best song ever. Uh, from composer Quincy Jones. Hell, motherfucking yeah. Enjoy. In the heat of the night. Seems like a cold sweat creeping across my brow. Yeah. In the heat of night I'm feeling motherless Just a little And it'll be all